Welcome to Stuck in Development, the podcast where two media strategy nerds dissect what's developing in the world of entertainment. I'm your co-host, Carl, and with me, as always, is Eitan. Hi, Eitan. Hey, Carl. Today, we're joined by a very special third host. Yes, Alex Pellegrino, better known as my fiance. Hello. I was going to say, more important to you than to me, but still very important to me. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> Hey, I mean, she's important to you because she's important to me. That's what matters. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so we have Alex on today. One, because I'm currently in Knoxville where she is. It was kind of a layup in terms of getting her on the show and being able to record in the same room. So that's actually a, a milestone here. This is the first time anyone of this podcast has recorded in the same room with each other. I'm sure it's going to be great. We'll see how it goes. Nobody's going to realize. No, nobody's going to realize that. Maybe, maybe, maybe Alex, maybe you and I are in the same room, you know, and right. Carly's in another one. Nobody's true. Know. We shouldn't tell Carl. <laughs> <laughs> well, she is on beyond the logistical capacity of it because we are talking about kind of a mutual favorite failed thing, startup, company, racket. Disaster. <laughs> Movie pass. I think MoviePass is also probably one of those things that we talked about so much in our, in that era when we were only friends, where we said we have to do a podcast because we talk so much about this stuff. So it's finally it's good to finally put it on the record. When you were only friends, so you've transcended just that now. Yeah, now we have a podcast together. I love it's, it. You know, it's a it's a relationship that takes care of something more than the relationship. It's there you a, go. You know, <laughs> again, not as big as the marriage that you'll soon have but still you know something well hopefully our, our marriage lasts a lot longer and is a lot less rocky than movie pass <laughs> good segue <laughs> <laughs> i thought he was gonna say that in the podcast <laughs> so definitely better than... <laughs> Eitan, you just got your pink slip <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> well yeah I, I don't i hope it our podcast lasts very long as well though yeah. unfortunately i don't think we're deaf to us part Nathan, sorry i imagine that <laughs> but still 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 so alex and i fell in love basically around the time of movie pass we were we were friends and we were bonding over movies so i call that the precursor for falling in love but uh, we went to movies all the time. We were each other's best friends in Dallas. Uh, we kind of witnessed the entire movie pass saga from sign up to sadly watching the app become useless and deprecated. And shredding our cards. Yeah. I, you shredded your card? Yeah. Oh, I still have mine. <sighs> I mean, I don't care if movie pass gets like their card stolen. You need to post a picture of it when you post this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a collectible now. Totally. You're going to be able to sell it for millions in a couple of years. Mm, I think it has my name on it, so that's special. Oh, I have to say, you know what I have of MoviePass? A hundred stocks in Helios and Matheson. How much did you buy those for? I, I'll, I'll say it more when we talk about MoviePass, but I bought them at the... Like, when it was already, like, rock bottom, they were, like, 50 cents. They were about to call bankruptcy, and I was like, I'm going to put 100 bucks. If it rebounds to even, like... 10% of the high, I was going to make a killing. And I was like, if, if it doesn't, it's fine. It's a hundred bucks. And even though MoviePass doesn't exist anymore and Hillis and Vice doesn't exist anymore, I still have, let me check, 
Do you still have hope? I just I just never sold them because when they went to like, you know, the value went to like a cent for everything. I was like, what's the point? I have, look at this. The value of my stock is <laughs> 0.28 cents. So not even one cent now. But it's close to my heart. Just like Carl still has his debit card. I still have a hundred stocks in Helios and Mattison. I think there's hope. It's amazing. <laughs> I think somehow my I'll debit card is go. worth, my debit card is worth more than your stocks. 100%. Eitan, I think that's your <laughs> retirement plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My $100. You never know. Alex also has the distinction of being the only person I know who saw a MoviePass original movie in a movie theater. So there's that too. We'll dig into that in a bit too. Spoiler alert. Evan Peters' hive rise. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong to say that it was only it's the movie pass original movie or were there more than one there's more than one. Oh, i only know about american animals yeah Which that's it <laughs> oh american animals okay no, but no how could you how'd you how could you forget the illustrious Gotti? <laughs> okay you'll tell me more about this movie pass all right we'll, we'll get into this we're getting ahead of ourselves that's fine good but first let's do a little bit of news very quickly we just had one news item but i have another one that i haven't told carl or alex about and i want to get <laughs> i don't know if you saw this on twitter but apparently HBO Max had a bug. And if you tried to play the Tom and Jerry movie, there were a couple of people today that it started playing the Snyder Cut of Justice League. <laughs> and they were able to see like an hour before HBO Max realized. <laughs> like, oh, this is not Tom and Jerry. So they were able to see a quarter of the... the they could see a quarter of the Snyder Cut? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh... as of this recording, I all I could see... Like, they posted a couple of screenshots where it says, like, directed by Zack Snyder and a couple of screens. But then once it said that, you know, they cut off the feed, it said that uh, one user said, well, it's the best DC movie I've seen. But again, we know that people that are really excited about this movie are probably going to like it no matter what. But I just thought it was very funny that they tried to play Tom and Jerry and it started playing. This is 100% a marketing gimmick. I, I, it was on purpose. But on Tom and Jerry, Alex... Good point. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same audience. There are yes, some are shocked children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when, where are they coming up, right? Because Tom and Jerry, it's live action. So I'm sure they started watching like, oh, I didn't know Batman was in Tom and Jerry. So which movie do we think is better? <laughs> oh, we're going to have to watch both. I know we're going to watch uh, Justice League. Are we, do we have to watch Tom and Jerry now? You told me you were going to watch it in a plane while drunk. So now you're going to have to walk back on that to be able to what, Did I say that about the, the Snyder Cut or about Tom and Jerry? <laughs> you say that about Tom and Jerry, but maybe you also meant the other one. Well, I, I, I said that what I thought it might actually be like good and entertaining as opposed to, you know, apparently just terrible. Though somehow it looks better than Space Jam. What is it? Space Jam Beyond, A New Beginning 2 or whatever. I, I don't know what the Space Jam movie is. That looks atrocious. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Space Jam 1, and I don't know, it's just because all the kids are fans of Space Jam 1, and it's actually a bad movie. I feel like it's going to be the same thing for this one. No? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's a sp- it's kind of a sports movie, so I never saw it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you know? This one is basketball. It's the one where you shoot it in the net. Thank you, Aton. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a basket, and you put the ball in the basket. But it's not uh... as confusing as football, where you don't hit it with the foot. Alex, I just have to, you know, 
keep him informed. Very necessary. <laughs> well. We were doing this marriage prep course um, last night, and there are little videos where a teaching couple comes on and talks about tips for a lifelong marriage and stuff. And it's very gendered. And mm. the couple was talking about how one way to have a healthier marriage is to be interested in the things that the other person is interested in, even if you okay. don't really like them, participate in it and be excited about it. And of course, the example that they used for the men was watching sports. Sports. <laughs> and Carl just looks over at me and bursts out laughing and he'll like he's like you'll never have to do that and I was like I know but I'll have to watch a lot of musicals <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> well maybe a musical about sports you never know we'll find something for Carl hey maybe but okay I I was going to use this as a, as a way to segue through musicals or, or something, but I do want to stay on Space Jam for a second. Do you know what the plot of Space Jam 2 is? Did you see that? I mean, I read it somewhere, but does it matter? Do you know what okay. the plot of the first one was? Yeah, I actually do. Uh, <laughs> because you looked it up yesterday? Um, Blank checked it an episode <laughs> on it. Oh, that was my second guess. <laughs> it's so great that you're here, Alex, and you can keep him honest and tell us the truth. But okay. So, so apparently, Warner Brothers is using this as like a third or fourth or fifth attempt at this point to try and do another cinematic universe. No, really? With what? Yes. What is it connected to? All of the Warner Brother pro- properties that are just like randomly and not attached to, you know, DC or Lego or Scooby Doo or Hanna Barbera or whatever. So it's like. They get sucked into, so there's an AI that's like trying to, you know, take all the world's entertainment or something, and they get sucked into this, and like Mad Max is there, and there's other things, and it's just, Aton, it looks like, beyond the animation looking evil, it just sounds like the worst possible thing, and something they've already tried to do like four times and failed. Is it like a Ralph Breaks the Internet scenario? Where they going to like shop Disney and it's like Marvel is there and Star Wars is there and it's like a scene. I don't. So the I question is: know. Is Space Jam two a copy of Ralph Breaks the Internet? <laughs> it sounds like it, if it's about how codependent friendships are sometimes inevitable, but also like you need to m- learn to move past them and, and learn to be your own person, and it makes me cry, then maybe I'll, I'll it'll it'll also redeem itself. You beat me to the punchline on that one. <laughs> she makes me fun of me all the time for crying. At Ralph Breaks the Internet and putting it in my top five that year, but I stand by it. Well, I mean, speaking of codependent relationships, I mean, Bugs Bunny and Donald Duck are probably what comes up if you look at it in the dictionary. It sounds like, I mean, you know, it's, I, think it's, I think it's a copy of Ralph Breaks the Internet. <laughs> you heard it first here. All right. So I'm actually going to use the segue I was going to use a minute ago, which is uh, speaking of things that Alex is going to have to engage with as my partner... Uh, Disneyland, (laughs) (laughs) apparently, according to California rules passed down from the California State Department of Health, Disneyland, other theme parks, and stadiums are going to be able to reopen starting April 1st with some caveats. Yeah, it sounds like uh, we've talked about how 
here how California had some of the most stringent rules, uh, in our opinion, probably they were good, that the only way where theme parks were going to open was if the number of cases and the positivity rate, I guess, reached certain numbers. And with COVID cases being so down since the peak in early January, it seems like they're about to hit that. I think, I mean, they are significantly down, but they're still kind of pretty close to the summer peak when California was still closed. So it's interesting to see. Uh, I think we also talked about it last week and Alex would love to hear your thoughts because you've never, you haven't been part of these conversations, but uh, you know, California says they think of science and if they allowed people to eat outside and a couple of people to eat inside and you could go shopping to close malls, why were theme parks, like what was the reason? Just to go into rides? Sounds like, so I, yeah, it sounds like maybe finally just made sense. You know, if we do it carefully, if you don't allow a lot of people. I don't know how to feel about this. Maybe it's something about just so many people being in the park at once. I mean, I'm not saying it's logical, but even if you pack people into a restaurant, that's like, what, 100, 150 people max. If you pack people yeah. into a theme park, that's... I don't even know how many people can fit in a theme park, but a lot more than 150. <laughs> so maybe that just made them a little gun shy about it. I don't know. I, I think that's a good take. So Disneyland's capacity, I just looked it up, is about 80,000. So I'm assuming that's that's the main park and not the full resort. So 15%, which is the red tier or the highest tier in which these can reopen, that's still 12,000 people in a park. That's a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess that. I guess the other side was the... I think they also mentioned that they didn't want tourists to come from all over the country. And I don't know if it was official, but they said that it was going to be limited to California residents. Mm. So we'll see if that holds true. Uh, seems a little bit difficult to enforce. Also, I know that in general it would solve things, but like if I go, I'm technically, I have a California license, but I haven't been in California in five months. <sighs> Maybe you also have a California license from your time there, Carl. I don't know. I would still think of you as a California resident. I mean, you guys have been moving around, but you haven't been living somewhere else since then. So, I don't know. Right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I I think I've mentioned here that I understand both sides. You know, it's also a lot of people that lost their jobs because of this. And if they do it very carefully, and hopefully they do it, there's obviously going to be more risk. But uh, at least from the jobs perspective and getting the lives of some people back on track. I see the positive side. So we'll see. Yeah. I, for the record, I, I have an Oklahoma license right now. Um, and I'm not about to go get a fake ID to uh, go to Disneyland, but that would be a fun plot for something. <laughs> yeah. It's been interesting because for, for the record, I'm currently in Orlando and we just arrived and it was interesting because, well, first we drove here from New Orleans. Uh, so we crossed Mississippi and Alabama for a little bit, and we stopped at a we stopped at a Bucky's in Alabama. Mm. And before going in, we were like, mm, we don't know how many people are going to be wearing masks. And we went in, and a lot of people weren't wearing masks. It was still only like, you know, twenty percent. So it wasn't like, oh, nobody in Alabama wears masks, but it was like twenty percent. And when we got to Florida, we were like, it's probably going to be the same. But from like everything we've heard, and we went to walk around Disney property yesterday but only like a hotel and we played mini golf. 
it seems like it's the place to be during COVID from what we've heard. Ariela has mm-hmm. a friend that works in Epcot and everyone has said like, it's the place to go. Like they hired cast members to only enforce masks. Wow. And now apparently if you sit to eat, even outside, you can't take your mask off until you're actively chewing. And if you're not actively chewing, you have to put it back. So, you know, it's one of those things where they are good at logistics and they really want to reopen. So they'll be very careful. But uh, yeah, it's, it sounds like it's the only thing that it's not open, right? Stadiums are open to some percentage. and Yeah. Eh. I feel like the Walt Disney Company could definitely run a totalitarian government. I mean, they have the legal it's, it's authority here. to in Orlando. <laughs> they have their own police and yeah, I think so. They have full zoning rights to like do whatever they want. They got that like the blessings of that from the Florida state government. They also have the only license from the United States government to run and build and run their own nuclear power plant. They have a nuclear power plant? They don't, but Walt but wanted one. That would be pretty cool. I'm a big fan of nuclear. It's very expensive now, but there was supposed to be one like to power Epcot, you know, when Epcot was a city instead of um, a permanent world's fair. So maybe they should just put one. They could put one in the bottom of the lagoon in Epcot as a cooling thing. Just the light show from that. They don't have to even do what is the new show? The color <laughs> wars or something. I don't know. Harmonious. Harmonious. That's right. Oh boy, I've been seeing uh, Twitter accounts posting pictures of every barge every time they unveil a new barge. So, do you mean the, the barge that is not aligned with Spaceship Earth? Because yes. Twitter is on fire with the barge that is not aligned. Yes, with that was Earth. that was drama. <laughs> is that the uh, the lines were off, and that's very un Disney. <laughs> see, see what you get to look forward to is engaging with this level of detail, Alex. I will never join Disney Parks Twitter. That's for sure. Come on. Wait, do you follow Carl? (laughs) (laughs) You're in it. And you know that whenever this is actually over, over, like whether that's a year from two or two years from, well, a year from now, two years from now, Carl and I are going to organize a trip that you and Ariel are obviously going to be invited to and it's going to be very specific. I've told Ariel that I want to go to Disney property, even if we don't go to parks, and spend a day just using the different transportation systems. (laughs) We saw the Skylander yesterday and I was so excited. I love things that move. It's great. And the buses, they say, I'm refilling my pixie dust if they're running out of gas. It's awesome. It's cute. I was literally telling Alex the other day that I want to go just ride the Skylanders too. So, yeah. We we can just take a, we can just take a, a boys day where we ride Skylanders and do like the, all the, the boring walking tours of like living with the land and stuff. I want to show you something. <laughs> Carl, what's the evil tour that you always talk about? Oh, the Keys to the Kingdom tour? It's not evil. Oh. No, but that's not the phrase you use. Oh, I call it a five-hour in- walking tour of the infrastructure of Magic Kingdom. Infrastructure tour, that's it. You get to see the trash compactor. You that. get to see the Splash Mountain like pumps. You get that. to see the staging areas for the floats. You get to that. go underground to the Utilidors. It's I incredible. That. Alex, I have to t- I have to confess something. Okay. You're not the only soulmate Carl has. <laughs> I'm so glad you can be amazing. His other her his puzzle piece for this part of him. Aton <laughs> is holding up a Skyliner pin from the That's D- Disney cute. pins. It's pretty cute. It says there is magic in the air, and you can see the four parks at the bottom. Can you see? Mm-hmm. There's Epcot mm-hmm. and the, uh, it's very cute. I have this heard you're a pin collector. 
Yes, I have to show you my. Yeah. We're not crazy about them. We usually we say we get one every time we go to the parks. We don't go crazy. We don't get all of them. Um, but we're also doing uh, because we might not go to the parks. We're doing the 2021 inaugural Eitan and Ariella mini golf invitational. So we're gonna <laughs> do a couple of them. And we saw a pin the other day that has it's like a golf ball with the ears made of grass. So we're gonna get that in honor of the mini golf. Oh, that's that's cute. We're having. Yeah, you should do that. Yeah, Skylarder. I'm I'm psyched to see the Skylarder. It changes it changes the game as far as getting around the parks. You no longer have to rely on buses, uh, or boats. Great. Alex is telling me to wrap it up because she's tired <laughs> of listening about the Skyliner. So we're gonna move on to a business that was run less, much less smoothly than Disney. Good segue. Very nice. Thank you. I just put the record. We'll have a Disney transportation episode, and we won't have Alex here, so that you don't have to freak out about it apologies so getting back to movie pass for those of you that are not familiar we're going to run through some of these some of the specific but movie pass was basically this company that had this idea that they could offer a subscription services to users where they could go either multiple set amount of times to the movie theaters or an unlimited amount of times to the movie theater in exchange for a subscription price they called it the netflix of movie theaters and as you can probably tell already, they had a lot of business problems. They had a lot of execution problems. They had a lot of fights with the movie theaters. Uh, and they really touched kind of all of the areas of entertainment that Carl and I and today Alex find fascinating. This is on top of the fact that the three of us were avid movie pass users. So we really wanted to take a kind of an episode to dig a little bit into it, figure out what happened, figure out if, you know, capitalism ruin it or if it, we think it could still work and what are some of the the legacy parts of it in the industry that still exist to kick us off when did you first hear about movie pass alex i think it must have been probably in 2017 that's um, about right i i got into it when they were doing the unlimited movies for $10 a month and that was just shocking seems so wrong every time I used it I thought there's no way this is gonna work and it worked every time well until the end (laughs) until it didn't (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's when I mean I think we heard about it at the same time I'm sure I like texted you from work like hey have you seen this like here's an article about this should we sign up I don't know. I signed up like pretty much instantly because I was like, worst case, I blow 10 bucks here. I get it back through my bank or something like, let's do this. There's no way this doesn't make financial sense for me. The stakes were so low for signing up. (laughs) So low. Absolutely. Especially, I think for me. So I moved to the US in September 2016. And uh, the movie theater that I could go to, Alex, I don't know if you ever went when you were in the Bay Area, was the Century 16 next to Google. That had the recliner seats. Is that where we saw us? It is where we saw us. Yeah. That's okay. a good one. It's very nice. Very chic. Also, seventeen fifty per ticket or something like that. So pretty expensive. Carl likes that place because they have frozen cocktails at the concession stand. The only place to get a great frozen margarita in the Bay Area that I found. And by great frozen margarita, it tastes like mix and has really bad tequila, but that's what I associate with a good margarita being because I'm a Texan. 
I think I liked it because they had Icy. Ariella definitely likes it because they have Coke Icy. Mm. Coke Icy is the best flavor. Good choice. And it was also Cinemark, so you could get, you know, the like the plastic cup that you paid like $4 in January and then you could refill it for like two fifty or something ridiculous like that. Almost anyway. as good of a deal as Movie Pass. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think when I moved to the US, I was a little bit... Uh, I've talked with Carl about this. This is going to get very deep for a second. In Mexico, I think in Latin America, in a lot of societies around the world, it's very easy to become very close friends with people to the point that you can feel comfortable to be like, do you want to go to the movies? Or do you want to, you know, you want to hang out? Do you want to do something? And in the US, everyone was always super nice. But it was just difficult to get that connection. Mm-hmm. And as somebody that moved here, it was kind of the first time that I was like, I'm going to go to the movies alone. And it was in Google. So I could literally like bike with the Google bikes and go there. Mm. And a Tuesday, like I remember I did this for like maybe Toy Story. I'm going to say three, but I don't know if that's going to make sense. Yeah, three, mm. 2016, maybe late. Three and you, it, it couldn't have been Toy Story because three and four are on opposite sides of Movie Pass. Like the entirety okay. of Movie Pass exists within that vacuum. This is even within before the Movie Pass that I could just on a Tuesday be like, oh, I'm gonna go watch Toy Story, and I would buy a regular ticket. Um, so I have a lot of memories from going to that movie theater, kind of from that time. And and then I remember being like, what? There is this thing that I can pay ten dollars and go to mm. a movie a day for free. And uh, we might do things in disorder, but kind of the catch, there wasn't really a catch, was that it was one movie per day. They sent you a debit card, and then you had to physically go to the movie theater the day that you wanted to see a movie, click check-in, the GPS would check that you were in the right place, you would select the movie that you wanted, they would load the money that you needed to pay for the movie into your debit card instantaneously, apparently, I don't know how the system worked, and then the, the you could pay for it. So with me being at Google, I could literally at lunch go, get a ticket, come back, and then after work, go. So it was kind of a a great setting. Never quite figured out how much money they were actually putting on the cards. I think they were just kind of putting a bunch of random money on there. Because, like, Alex, you had an experience where Alamo Drafthouse was just like, yeah, use as much money as you want, right? Yeah, I I went and I used my movie pass card at an Alamo draft house in Dallas and there was someone else with me and the when the ticket taker swiped my movie pass card he was like, "Oh, there's actually $15 on here and that's way more than one ticket. So do you want to put the rest of this money towards the other ticket?" And I was like, "I do." <laughs> I'm sure there is a ton of fintech side of MoviePass that we are not going to talk about, but like, yeah, I don't know how, if they were blocked all the time and then they were unblocked or if they actually added money. I don't really know how it worked. I think using the word fintech gives them a lot <laughs> more credit for how they were running their business. Oh, fine. So let's let's back it up all the way to 2011 when this was first founded. So it was first founded, the original product state, uh, you could pay, they kind of did a beta test with 50 theaters in the Bay Area. So you paid 50 bucks a month, you got unlimited movies. And it's amazing that from day one, they did not like work with anyone to actually make this work. So they actually used a voucher system where you would pay, you would choose your movie online, print out a voucher and bring it to a theater 
and then the theater would exchange it for a ticket. Except they didn't tell any of the theaters what they were doing. So all these people are showing up with pieces of paper being like, here, I'm here for a movie. And they're like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I, I remember since the beginning, uh, yeah, AMC and the big chains being like, what the hell, right? We're not going to work with you. You are this random player that wants to come in. But I think, yeah, from I think from first principles, it was a good idea, right? Even when you think about today, we've talked about why with streaming and having the customer connection is important. If you went to the movie theaters and you didn't, you know, like 2011, and you paid with cash or even with a credit card, like the movie theater didn't know who you were and what other movies you had seen with them. Mm-hmm. And also the, the movie producers or the movie studios or whatever, they didn't know who went to see their movies. So suddenly MoviePass was like, well, what if we become kind of the, not the Nielsen of movies, but like we can keep track of what movies are seen by each customer. And then we'll kind of figure it out down the road what we use that data for. But I think the idea is pretty good, right? Is there is a, there is a, an opening here for information about what do people see and what do they see at the same time? Yeah, I, I think the, the core kernel of the idea is not terrible. And especially at a $50 price point, I think that's a point where it can be workable. MoviePass always envisioned themselves as like a growth hacky, like VC company in the vein of Uber, where they keep floating and mm-hmm. spinning their wheels until they're profitable, or, or I mean, not even till they're profitable, till they're at a scale at which it doesn't matter if they're profitable. They have so much data that that data is valuable. But the problem here is like, one, nobody's re- they didn't really know what to do with that data, so not really sure if it's valuable. And two, like ultimately it ends up being more like a gym membership where really you want to price it at a point where enough people aren't making full utility of it and that you, you're kind of always coming out ahead every month. I mean, like health insurance. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's that's the model. And at $50, I think... There's enough people that probably only see a movie a week, and it, it probably evens out there, especially if in the longer term they're able to get kind of kickbacks from the sales or something. Yeah, and I mean, t- uh, well, I guess not TBD, it didn't work out, but if you just think about that first principle of I want to be able to keep track of all the movies that Carl saw and then sell this information to someone or offer Carl something in exchange for that, I don't know if actually being part of the transaction of buying a movie ticket is the only solution. Like now I think the perfect example is Letterboxd, which I know Carl is the perfect user of that. Maybe in 2011, you know, that wasn't a thing, right? I mean, the iPhone, the smartphones existed, but they weren't as ubiquitous as they are now. Maybe it would have been a little bit more difficult. People weren't as used to, to things. So maybe it, at that time, that was the only way to do it. Um, but looking in hindsight, there were definitely other avenues to do that. Would you guys have paid 50 bucks to see unlimited movies a month? I think I probably would. I would have. Especially because the, I knew that that movie theater was like 17. So it was three movies. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I think that would be probably right at my threshold where it would, might not be worth it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things where I might falter it at that and be like, um... 50 bucks seems like a lot and then continue spending 70 to 80 dollars a month on movie tickets instead (laughs) until i realized that i should probably just be doing that but i mean 
that's not that's that's not where it stayed because we wouldn't have be having this conversation if <laughs> they didn't stay at 50 theaters in the bay area for 50 dollars a month yeah kind of the the next thing that they did uh, after this voucher system a year later 2012 they changed to this david card model and as they expanded outside of the bay area they started having different pricing depending on the market where you were how far away you were from a city you would pay maybe between 25 and 40 dollars um they started even playing, I think, already at that time with there is a plan that where you can watch three movies for a month and it's a little mm-hmm. bit less or six movies and it's a little bit more. And they started iterating, which, you know, people say iteration is a good thing. As you realize, MoviePass started iterating like every two weeks, which was one of the reasons that they failed as well. But yeah, they, they started iterating and they did it without telling people, which is in another Thing that's a repeated story throughout the movie pass history but they also did it in a way where it was a lot of a b testing where they weren't giving people all the options and all the ability to make choices uh this got much worse in 2016 after uh the former Redbox ceo and netflix co-founder mitchell lowe took over at the company where all of a sudden people that had previously been on Unlimited plans costing anywhere from $25 to $40 found out that either they were on six movie plans for $40 to $50 a month, or some people were on $99 a month plans for unlimited. And they just were not told about this. They weren't educated about this. And all of a sudden, like, they didn't have a choice in what the matter was. Yeah, and I remember there was also something about, like, yeah, they didn't know that there was another option. And then when they started finding out, people started getting very angry. And this wasn't even versus the $10. Yeah, like you said, between 40 and 50 And it was just a, yeah, bad user experience to not use bad words. <laughs> yes, th- thank you for keeping us under the uh, PG word count for this week. having an explicit label on our podcast. Yes. All, all the child listeners of our show are really <laughs> appreciative, Aton. Thank you. I know we're gonna get we're gonna get sued by J.K. Rowling based on my comments like a month ago, so I need to keep it kosher this week. Maybe if you slap that label on, you'll get some cool new fans. Oh yes. <laughs> well, but that's for our Patreon. Um, stuck in development after dark. I'm trying to think of a more creative name than that. I completely failed. Stalker in development. Fucking development sponsored by Trojan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was good. That was good. That was good. Or hymns. No, one of those. Yes. <laughs> hymns would actually, I mean, they do sponsor a lot of podcasts. Sorry. Go. <laughs> okay. So this is 2016 is where we're at. As we mentioned, 2017 is when everything just started to change. Kind of just overnight in summer 2017, they announced, I think I saw it on The Verge or something, where... This startup, which I had kind of heard about, but like didn't really want to dig into, that this startup was lowering their pricing threshold from fifty bucks a month to ten dollars a month, and you could get unlimited movies. It's like okay, ten bucks. That's so I can see unlimited movies for the price of like a movie in Dallas. This can't be real, right? Maybe even less than the cost of one movie. Movies in Dallas are like twelve dollars. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, just like no matter what, it was like, how was anybody going to make money off of this? 
Yeah, for me in the what in the a Bay Area good list. question. <laughs> <laughs> the answer was they weren't. Yes. The, in the Bay Area, yeah, it was less than even the price of a movie. I was like, oh, even if I only go once, this seems super worth trying. And kind of what was behind this was that this analytics firm called Helios and Matheson, of which I am a proud shareholder owner, even though it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore, invested 55 million bucks in MoviePass. They saw kind of this uh, potential that we talked about of them having all of this crazy data that nobody else in the movie in the movie industry, movie studios had, and that they saw they could leverage, and they talked about it publicly. They said they wanted to use it to invest in movies based on the the viewers the view the viewing patterns or even you know once they had millions of users go to movie theaters and say hey amc do you want movie pass to be accepted with my three million viewers give me a better deal or give me a cut of concessions and kind of start playing that game and this is i think where the movie theater is starting really being against it and to your question of how is anyone making money at first i was like if i'm a movie theater this seems awesome like way more people are going to come to the movies and I'm still going to get full full amount for the tickets. But I just have a ton more people both watching, buying tickets and buying concession. This seems like a great deal. But that wasn't really how they reacted. Yeah, AMC kind of throughout the history of this company has always been very angry at them existing. I mean, I, I never quite took AMC at their word around this considering that they eventually launched their own subscription plan like it always just kind of seemed like they were just jealous they didn't think of it or hadn't executed on it or, or mad about something they like in 2017 after they launched this they said it was a bad user experience which it wasn't you literally so just pushed false. the button on an app and you got money on your card i have to say when i got this summer of 2017 ariella came to the bay area for the summer and i i think it's also important to say at that time they didn't have couples movie pass right she had an account and i had an account and then when we were at home i usually wake up a little bit earlier than ariella so i would take both of our phones Mm -hmm. to the movie theater drive 10 minutes click two buttons go to the machines because i was scared of going to a teller with movie pass even though it was senior market i was like they're never gonna accept it I i was too i think all of us were okay perfect i was like this in this movie theater there are machines outside i'm gonna try it if it doesn't work nobody knows but I agree that, I mean, it wasn't the best experience. No, it wasn't terrible, but you still had to, you know, jump through a couple of hoops. Worth it to save hundreds of dollars a month. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think what they were getting at was more that they were afraid that people would associate anything bad that happened with the service with movie theaters. And that they were also kind of afraid of long term if this collapsed, like it hurting their business more, which... We can get into a later whether that they did that. I, I don't think that ended up being what happened. But ultimately, yeah, it, it was always just very strange. Like every time you used it, it felt like it was a crime and sketchy. Yeah. It, it, at least they made you feel like that. Too good to be true. That's what it felt like every time. There was one time I met Alex for happy hour somewhere next to um, the Angelica in Dallas and she was meeting up with a friend, and they were to go see the uh, Murder on the Orient Express film. Underrated movie. She agrees. I liked it more than I thought. Maybe because I never read the book, so I didn't know what happened, but I actually really enjoyed it. So good. Yeah. Are you excited about Death on the Nile? 
Yes, so delayed. Yeah. But yes, I can't wait for jo- Perot. What what was his what's his name? You're right. I'll I'll watch Murder on the Orient Express and probably Death on the Nile. Big movie, big screen. It's my my phrase of the week is uh, Tom Cruise and <laughs> big movie, big screen. Anyway, we were there and I realized, oh, I'm not going to see a movie today, but I have movie pass, so I can just buy her friend's ticket for her. So we walked over to the theater, we bought the tickets, and I just handed it off. Carl just admitted to committing fraud live on the pod. Is this a pod first? <laughs> Carl, as a shareholder of Helios and Matheson, I, <laughs> I feel defrauded. I mean, we are going to cover a, a movie that you can only pirate in the coming weeks. So <laughs> minor white collar crime is being admitted to on this podcast. Yeah. Minor treason. <laughs> minor treason. <laughs> I have to say, on the point about the, the movie theaters being angry, we've talked about this, but they feel like they are the gatekeepers on the movie experience where they decided to not innovate for like 25 years. Right. Like even this movie theater in this place... In Palo Alto, in the Google, you go inside and the lobby is awful. It's like 35 years old. Everything is dirty. Like once you're in the in the chairs, it's like nice. But all of the stuff we talked about, right? That Alamo Drafthouse does very well. 95% of movie theaters in the US don't. I think that's a larger problem about there being a lot of rich people in Palo Alto who have no taste. <laughs> <laughs> True. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the South Bay is one of the most like... <laughs> tasteless places i have ever seen culture deprived <laughs> i am shocked the cheesecake factory on university avenue went out of business perfect i'm shocked place that. for that to be I, I was a big fan of the cheesecake factory in university avenue. oh i mean we're both fans of cheesecake factory too it, it's like it, it's great in its own way but it is also like pretty tasteless you know nothing like Going to a Michelin restaurant in the Bay Area and seeing two white nerdy guys wearing glasses, shorts, and flip-flops and not looking up from their phones the entire meal. That that happened to us. It was <laughs> insane. It sounds like the Bay Area. But, I mean, to innovation. When this is over, I'm going to take you both to Mexico and I'm going to take you to a Cinepolis. And you're going to tell me, like, even, like... How is it possible that here in the U.S. with those with the cost, there is no way to do that? It's ridiculous. It's so bad. Like, you go to the VIP. I don't know if you heard that episode, Alex, but you, if you pay for it, that in Mexico is still like $8, you go to a, to a place where there are actual recliners all the way. You get pillows. There is a waiter. There is menu. You can get sushi, crepes, all the type of alcohol that you want. It's like a whole different experience. Here is like, right? You get awful margaritas in this one place. <laughs> like the, all of, they have like seven types of popcorn. I think I sent Carl, uh, the popcorn is so good that it's on Uber Eats during the pandemic. You could get Cinepolis popcorn, like cheese popcorn or tahine popcorn or Tabasco popcorn. They have so many. It's like, again, innovation. It's great. And the AMC gets angry at MoviePass. Eitan, we can definitely make this happen because Carl wants to go to Mexico City more than I have ever heard anyone want to go anywhere. <laughs> because of the movie theaters? I don't know. Just be, like, 
anytime like the entire we, time we've been friends i've been talking about going to mexico city if we're walking down the street and out of the corner of carl's eye he sees a sign with like just red white and green on it has nothing to do with mexico <laughs> carl will be the like, italy flag carl will be <laughs> like, like I go to you know city. you know where i really want to go and i'm like mm-hmm. and he's like mexico city <laughs> and why i've never heard this carl <laughs> I, I can't know. believe we've been hosting this for six months of you never say that you really want to go to my hometown. I think I was just obsessed with Tenochtitlan when I was a kid. <laughs> Tenochtitlan? Yeah. I, okay. T- like, my pronunciations are always terrible. Wait, but... what did you say? Tenochtitlan. Tenochtitlan? <laughs> okay, you're reading it in English. Ch- Tenochtitlan. Yeah, I forget you pronounce every letter in, in Spanish. Like a regular person. Tenochtitlan. <laughs> Come on, Carl. I was, I'm just obsessed with a city built on top of another dead city. And then the climate's nice. I mean, I feel weird telling you why I want to go to Mexico City. And it's like weird, basic facts about Mexico City. And you've lived there most of your life. But here we well, that's, are. Those are two very interesting things. A city built in a city and the weather is nice. Carl's like, you know what? Are, you know what's really cool? Tortillas. <laughs> that's why he wants to go to Mexico City. Well, if I want tortillas, I'll just go to the Mission Tortilla Factory at Disney California Adventure and get a free one. <laughs> wait, wait. Tell me more reasons about Mexico City. This is an important tangent. I, I don't know. How, how did I not know this? How do you not have any reasons? <laughs> Everyone who has ever been to Mexico City has told me that they really like Mexico City. And I love Mexican food. I love, mez- love mezcal. Okay, we have to do this then, Alex. Thanks for letting me know. I can't believe you never mentioned this. I love the Day of the Dead. <laughs> Aton, I'm not kidding. This comes up like every three weeks. <laughs> Carl, is this why we're friends? You just like me because I'm from Mexico City? <laughs> it's Could been be. an extremely long game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He just wants free housing. Just so he can have a place to stay. <laughs> for a long weekend in three years. <laughs> That's a longer game than Movie Pass. Looking to be a three million users. <laughs> Alex is uninvited from the podcast after this. Sorry. No, this is great. Let's organize a Mexico City trip. Yeah, we'll do Mexico City. We'll do do Orlando. We'll do Dollywood. Oh, yes. Got all our vacations for the next year. This is a non-podcast thing. Don't delete this, though. Alex, we're going to be in Tennessee in like a month and a half, two months. Probably mostly in Nashville. But we're going to go through Knoxville because we want to do... uh, the smoky mountains and the blue ridge skyway so we need all of the tips from you also let's like have dinner oh of course no 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 of course but like i just want to we need a podcast length conversation of i got you planning awesome sorry carl (laughs) you brought this on yourself continue i i did and yeah i mean we kind of expected this episode to be just kind of a riff heavy episode just because there's not much more to be said here than, like, the pricing on this is insane. Wow. I guess the next thing to say here is the subscriber numbers exploded. Shocker. People are told that they can watch free movies, essentially. So their subscription numbers went from 20,000 in December 2016 to, after the announcement in the summer, they made it up to 150,000 in August. By January 2018, they were at 1.5 million June 2018, they had 3 million subscribers. I mean, again, if, if you give somebody... In, in Spanish, we have this saying that it's... Alex, do you speak Spanish? Un poco. A little bit. Okay. 
gratis hasta las puñaladas. Free something something. <laughs> yes, for free, even getting stabbed. Like, you take everything that is free, even getting stabbed. <laughs> If getting stabbed is free, you take it. So here's like, it's literally, like we said, it's $10. Even if you go to one movie in a lot of markets in the US, you, are, you come out of hand. And they were also offering, like, they were offering deals on subscriptions. They offered me a, like, Black Friday deal where I paid $70 for an annual subscription. So instead of paying them $120 for a year of movies, I paid them $70 for a year of movies. That's how bad they needed cash. Literally, yeah. Like, that's the great thing about annual subscriptions is, like, you get a nice cash infusion. <laughs> Makes their accounting better. But even then... It's... Uh, yeah, go ahead. It's truly, it's truly crazy. Because I think the undertones of this episode has been there was an opening for this type of service. There was a market for these types of per service. There was people willing to pay for this where it made sense for both them and the movie theater somehow. Well, and movie pass somehow. But you mentioned, right? They fell into the black hole of growth, like hacking. It's like, if you price this as 25, it would still be an amazing deal, right? If this was $22, it would still be an amazing deal. And they got too ambitious too quickly. Yeah. I mean, okay, look at like very growth hacky startups. I used Uber earlier. I'm going to use Uber again here. So Uber doesn't really make financial sense on paper when you have human drivers. You have to pay human drivers. They might try and unionize or get protections where they have to be paid a living wage, which then pushes the, the value prop completely out of, out of the water for them, blah, blah, blah. But then if you look at the long game that they pitched VCs, It's, well, in 10 to 20 years, we'll have more autonomous vehicles on the road. We can keep prices static. We can cut out the driver. We used all of this data that we collected to teach our fleets how to drive. And then it's instantly profitable overnight. And if you keep us alive for 10 years, probably more like 20 years now with how their self-driving tests have gone, mm -hmm. we will be insanely profitable overnight. Here, their strategy was, I don't know, we're going to get some data and then too many people are going to be using MoviePass. So we have to, we're going to be able to bully the, the theaters into making, to cutting us a deal. Like, what was the strategy here? Yeah, it sounds like literally they wanted the deal in, they literally said, right? I think there was a point where it was like, you're going to give us 30% of the concessions that a MoviePass user gets. They never got there. But, like, that was the pitch. But it was never going to happen. By May of 2018, they were running at a $40 to $45 million deficit a month. A month. A month. Talk about burning money. Yeah, they were, like, at half a billion a year in deficit just from, like, normal operations. Insanity. Insanity. When you remember that my company, Helios and Madison, <laughs> invested $55 million dollars at first. <laughs> right? They invested... 55 million and then two years later they were losing that a month throwing cash into river so Aton, what's worse movie pass or quibi movie pass lasted two years longer than quibi <laughs> but hey at least quibi got acquired by roku for like a few million dollars the quibi catalog was acquired by roku for a few million dollars 
They, they, I think they also acquired the copyrights and everything too. Oh, okay. So there is like an entity within Roku. Okay, that's a good question, Alex, because we've talked about the the train wrecks that are such a wreck that you can't stop watching, and the reference that I always use with Carly's cats, and they were they were kind of the same, right? It was one of those things that since the beginning people were like, "How is this gonna make sense?" They're like, "No, yes, we're visionaries. This is gonna make sense." I would say Movie Pass went all in in a way that Quibi never went but it's still probably what where the demise came from like I truly believe that if they had price at 25 they would maybe still be alive I mean they would have to fight AMC and their subscription and I had the Cinemark one that wasn't unlimited but it was you know kind of a good deal but like there is a world where they like if if it wasn't a Silicon Valley thing it was just kind of a regular company that didn't think about these things it would still be alive in some shape or form and it would be great. I think Quibi was just... Uh, Quibi misread the market completely and they thought of their competitors as something that was completely wrong. There was no need for them. For MoviePass, there was a need. They just executed wrongly. And uh, so that's why I like MoviePass more because I believe in the idea more than Quibi. And there's evidence for that in, you guys have already referenced this several times, but after MoviePass, a bunch of the theater chains started doing the MoviePass model. Yeah, I have the, the, do you have one of them? Did you have the AMC? No, I think you also have Cinemark, right? I actually got the Regal one. Oh, how is the Regal one? How does that work? It's the same as the other ones. You pay, gosh... I think it was 20 bucks a month, and you can see four four a month. Oh, pretty good. Something like that. I got, I got it, like, a month before COVID. Oh. I got, like, two movies in. The Assistant and... Oh, that's good. I don't know what else. That was... Yeah, it's You really catch the Assistant on the movie there. Mm-hmm. And something else, and then it was like, oh, no more movies. Regal's headquartered in Knoxville, and so almost every single theater here is a mm-hmm. Regal, so... It made sense for me. Yeah, that's great. And in Mexico, I remember they also had them. Like, I think Ariela's grandparents had a Cinepolis one. Hmm. And especially for seniors, it was great because it was like unlimited matinees or something like that. And they loved it. Carl, that's your dream. Yeah. Unlimited <laughs> <laughs> matinees. Yeah, we had, I had a Cinemark one, which for the record, we paid $9.99. And you got one free ticket a month for 9.99 but then each time i got an extra ticket it was also 9.99 so i could go for Arilla for 20 dollars right. each time that again that's already the price of movie pass for a month but we could use it a little bit more sparingly we did go a little bit less but we still went probably once a week uh, but the tickets re- rolled over you got 20 20 or 25 percent discount on concessions even though it, it was absolutely not as cheap again there was a need for this it was very convenient very easy to use they gave us more perks. It was nice. I think my favorite thing buried within this whole Helios and Madison thing is in April of 2018, they acquired a movie phone from Verizon. <laughs> Something like a, a company so bad, Verizon no longer wanted to own them. What's movie phone? Movie phone was this like 90s startup where literally you would just call in and it was like localized to where you were and you could find show times. It was like 
right at the cusp of the internet when you know googling showtimes wasn't really a thing and like sourcing showtimes was hard somebody figured out how to do it and it was this guy named mr movie phone i don't know <laughs> i i never used movie phone i was too young but like it, it just it it's mind-boggling to me that they're like ah we are a movie data analytics startup we're going to acquire a legacy phone-based showtimes notification platform what was their plan I don't know. <laughs> tell you, tell you the movie, the movie pass movies first. So you went to say, but I, that just reminded me. We were literally watching Gilmore Girls earlier today, and they talk about an episode where they have to open the paper to look for showtimes, mm-hmm. and they're like, we're like reminiscing of literally the section, the entertainment section in the Mexican newspaper called Gente, where you would open it and you mm-hmm. knew where to find yours because it was by alphabetical order, and then find the thing. It was like it feels ages ago. But on that note, we kind of referenced the other thing that they said they were going to do was produce movies. And it sounds like you've watched this movie. <laughs> One. <laughs> the movie. Apparently, they bought it at Sundance, Carl. Did you see this? Like, they yeah. went to Sundance to buy movies. Like, these guys were punching above their weight. It's so sad that we didn't go to Sundance that year and get a bunch of free movie pass merch and, like, I don't know eat free tapas they gave out or something i want a movie pass shirt so bad there is have you seen there is this influencer that does the september 29 videos or every year have you seen this oh yeah demi did we big yes he made movie pass hats he made You're something right. for like charity demi did also had one of my favorite movie pass grips early on so oh yes early on so one thing they caught on to was people seeing movies over and over again just because they wanted to see movies over and over again. And and we'll, we'll get into this after the American Animals thing. But that's one of the first ways they started limiting how people could use MoviePass. Very early in the early days, Demi realized, oh, like if I need to go to a bathroom in the mall that I go to, <laughs> the movie theater has really nice bathrooms and I can support a movie I like. So he would just buy tickets to the same movie over and over again and just like go use the bathroom and not see the movie. (laughs) That's genius. Yeah. There were so many. I have to. Did I mess up the date? Is it September 29? September 20. Uh, Yeah. I say that you remember. Something in September. The 21st. 21st. September 21st. Yeah. If you haven't watched this, go look him up online. The September 21st videos are awesome. I like the ones with the mariachi. If you Google September song, one of the results that came up in autocomplete was September 11th song, and I'm not going <laughs> to explore and see what that was. No. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this all started because Alex. Yes, American Animals. Moved. Do you no, remember American say, Animals? I, yeah, it's But great. wait, I was going to say the tangent was that Alex wanted Movie Pass merch. Sorry. Also that. We we have too many tangents going on. It's like tangentception over here. <laughs> to answer your first question, I Carl and I have both already in the last two minutes looked up movie pass shirts on eBay, so we're getting it. Aton, <laughs> should we put some movie pass merch on the registry? <laughs> yeah, I'll get it for you. I, I have to say for the listeners, I was very surprised. I was looking at the register earlier this week. They have nothing pop culture. I literally had to text. I didn't text. I tweeted at Carl saying like, what the hell? This is not what I expected. I want to get you something more special. 
And then Carl told me that he has a 2001 Space Odyssey cutlery set. And I'm like, well, it doesn't say he's from 2001 cutlery set. And mortal people are not going to know just by looking at your registry. So movie pass merch on your registry would be great. We'll Every, get on that. Everyone knows that the Georg Jensen Arn Jacobson cutlery set is from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Everyone knows. He's that. one of those tweets that has an asterisk next to everyone and it says Carl. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, on to Evan Peters? Yes, on to Evan Peters, <laughs> your boy. I'm in the, I don't know, 1% of people who like Evan Peters but hate American Horror Story. So, that forces me to take weird forays into strange movies sometimes or strange things that he's in because I can't I or I don't want to just you know turn on American Horror Story and get my Evan Peters fixed that way Ethan has a perplexed face for the last 15 <laughs> seconds and you haven't watched WandaVision yeah we haven't we haven't we just saw Evan Peters in WandaVision and that's where we've left off because we've been busy <laughs> oh my god I can't believe it yeah. Anyway, this is an interesting connection to that. Okay, so he's in, he's in American Animals? Yes, so that was the main draw for me. Um, I'm trying to remember where I saw it. Real quick, kick-ass trailer because it is an amazing remix of an alt oh. song I love in Cold mm-hmm. Blood. Yeah. That is like the greatest trailer song I've ever heard. I asked you to find it for me and you found it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll put that on the wedding playlist. Also, Kikas, the movie where both Quicksilvers appear. The MCU one and the DC Universe one. Yeah, the DC Universe, the X-Men Universe one. Have you realized? Alex cannot remember. Every time I say the name Aaron Taylor Johnson, she asks who that is. <laughs> He's the main character from Kikas. Oh. And Quicksilver in Avengers Age of Ultron, the character that is now played by Ivan Peters because Disney bought 20th Century Fox so they can bring the other side See, everything is connected. Carl tried to explain this to me ten times. It's just not getting in there. <laughs> she was like, oh, that's Wanda's brother? Cool. I don't really want to listen to any of this. <laughs> there is this other connection that I saw that it's funny. Oh, yes. In WandaVision... I, I'm sorry. It's tangent central here. In WandaVision, they show in an episode that when she was growing up, they have a DVD set with like different um, uh, like TV shows that Wanda watched when she was a kid. And one of the DVDs of the shows that they watch is Malcolm in the Middle. So they are saying that Wanda watches Malcolm in the Middle. One of the main actors of Malcolm in the Middle, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston appeared in the movie Godzilla, one of the favorites from Carl, with which actress? Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. And Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> and Aaron Taylor Johnson, exactly. Which they is... were married in that movie instead of siblings. Again, so a, a very interesting tangent where everything is connected, you see, through the MCU. The, these, her, her character watched um, a show where an actor appeared where she was an actress in real life. But in a movie that Carl likes. sounds like it doesn't work. You haven't watched it. <laughs> okay. So according to the internet, you can't have an opinion. <laughs> Sorry, you have to finish it first. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> it was just funny, talking about connecting these characters to the worlds. So, American Animals, heist movie, Alex was on board for Evan Peters, great trailer. But, on the flip side of that, is Gotti. 
this is when MoviePass started getting actively hostile. Like, this is right before all their user interface stuff got very hostile. But there's this movie. It's John Travolta plays John Gotti, the, like, fixer mob boss figure from New York history. And it's a biopic. It's supposed to be terrible. It got absolutely terrible critical reviews. And then they they posted a, a video online of, and it was this trailer, and it was like, see the movie critics don't want you to see (laughs) and then everyone started making fun of it but within this is one of the funniest lines i've ever seen i'm never gonna watch this movie but i watched this one clip over and over again which is this one guy talking to travolta's Gotti, saying essentially why don't you just let the audience hear the clip i have no doubt the other families will back you but only if you have the support of all five boroughs queens brooklyn manhattan staten island the Bronx. Huh? And that's a fist. Are those the right five? Yeah, but like, oh, okay. did you need to say them all and say them like that? Exactly. Either you know them or you're like me and you don't know them and you just assume that they're right. So. I just, I, Eitan's face was just this like confused disdain. <laughs> just like, really? It's just it's such a clunky thing and it was in the trailer and just because I just became obsessed with ha- like how stupid it was. And why is that clip taking up trailer real estate? Because they they well the critics didn't want you to see that clip. Because <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it would be so interesting to see their data analysis of how they go to we have to buy American animals and Gaudi. So my fun story with Gaudi is that. I hope we have some Vanderpump Rules fans on the pod. This is a Vanderpump Rules story. But um, on the, I think the only reality show that I really love is called Vanderpump Rules. And it's a spinoff of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. There's one Beverly Hills housewife um, named Lisa Vanderpump. And she's an L.A. restaurateur. And she has these three restaurants in LA and she created an entire reality show based on the personal lives of her wait staff at one of her restaurants. And it is just the best. We've been to the restaurant. I made Carl go with me to the restaurant when we went to LA. (laughs) Did you recognize any of the waiters? No, because... They're too famous now. They're too famous now. They come in and work like five times a year or something. Um, And I think they only work there when they're filming the show, (laughs) which is only a couple months out of the year. (laughs) Anyway, so the most salacious character on the whole show, which is made up of a lot of salacious characters, is named Lala Kent. This girl's name is Lala. She is the most sexually provocative person <laughs> one I've ever seen on TV, maybe. Um, I think on one of the first couple episodes that she was on the show, she was talking about things she would do and had done to get a ride in a private jet. Let's just say that. <laughs> so it's just this kind of stuff all the time with her. Anyway, so... She started dropping hints 
in one of the seasons that she was dating a Hollywood insider. But she wasn't allowed to say who he was on the show because he was married. And so (laughs) this piqued a lot of people's interest, obviously. (laughs) And so people thought, is it an actor? Is it like an A-list director? Who is this secret married man that this crazy like 23-year-old girl is having an affair with? So there's this big mystery that gets developed throughout this season of like, who is this man? And I guess eventually his divorce from his wife finally went through and they were finally able to take their relationship public. So a couple of seasons later, or maybe the next season or something, she finally divulges who he is. And it was like this, well, it was going to be an exciting moment, but then it ended up being a huge letdown because he was this D-lister guy nobody had ever heard of. And while she was talking about this mystery man, she was talking about how he's working on this incredible movie and she was flying out to the set and she was just like having the whole Hollywood experience and it was so exciting to witness all this stuff. And so obviously this just fueled the fire more of everyone wanting to know who he was and what movie he was working on. So, you know, skip forward, finally his identity is revealed and it is the main producer of the movie Gotti. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even remember his name at this point. That's just how, like much of a letdown this piece of information was. And the movie that she was talking about throughout this whole season that she was visiting this glamorous, exciting set of and, like, getting the Hollywood insider experience and all of this was gaudy. (laughs) That's such a great tangent and such a great piece of trivia. Now, whenever whenever somebody asks me about, have you heard of Vanderpump Rules? I'm going to be like, did you know that the most salacious character... (laughs) <laughs> that shares a first name with a Mexican milk brand called Lala Kent <laughs> was dating the main producer of one of the two movie buzz movies and they're still together and I just found out she's pregnant so there you go look at that it's a long last son of Gotti I think his name's Randy if you want to look him up I don't know though. Um, okay I'll, I'll search for Lala Kent though yeah sounds interesting. you gotta you gotta watch some clips of her she's a lot so have you watched Gaudy, Alex? That no. wasn't clear from what you said. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Gaudy. Sounds like a nightmare. This was like the last one that really came out. They've actually... MoviePass Films still exists as like a dead brand that... There was actually a movie called Boss Level, which is yet another Groundhog Day thing on Hulu that came out last week that actually has MoviePass as a producer on it. This is just kind of... It was extant whatever MoviePass crumbled. Before we move on from Gotti, I just want to drop one little extra piece of information that Gotti has 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> wow. That's actually difficult to do. Amazing. Wow. Okay, yeah, don't go watch Gotti, listener, please. Or do. Maybe it's maybe it's a masterpiece oh, or it's a trashterpiece. But do watch Vanderpump Rules. We will. This was a... This was part of their strategy, though. They wanted to have, like, the best movies in town so that people would have to, you know, 
pay movie pass to exhibit exhibit them and in fact instead they got a sundance movie and one of the worst movies of all time currently <laughs> literally it sounds like they weren't very good at analytics maybe that's why my stock is so bad <laughs> they hit the point now so this is june june is when you've got like american animals and Gotti coming out and we've already established that they are at a 40 to 45 million dollar deficit a month and that's when they they realize, oh, we're just like screwed. We can't make any money here. There's nothing we can do. So they start committing fraud, I think. Like essentially, so they start requiring you to submit photos of stubs to make sure that you actually saw the movie, which was weird because like why? Well, because actually, you know what? Like I started purchasing, I did actually purchase some movies using my movie pass money that I had already seen, but used the app. Like people were, they were catching on to every grift that users like me and Demi DeJuibe were coming up with. Then um, they started adding surge pricing, at which point surge pricing was like, sometimes the surge pricing plus your movie pass subscription would be more expensive than the tickets themselves. Or like in New York, it was $8 surge pricing and that's more expensive than a matinee. Yeah, they just started doing things like you mentioned, like their services kept changing every like two weeks. Suddenly they said you couldn't rewatch the same movie twice. Then they also introduced like, oh, some movies we're not going to let you watch some days. You're going to open it one day and the biggest movies might not be there. Blackouts. Yeah, like blackouts. Then they started changing to if you had an unlimited plan, you could have an unlimited plan. But then suddenly it's like, oh, now it's only three movies a month. Now it's six. Now it depends on your market. And I remember just one day where Ariel and I arrived and her card went through and mine didn't. Ooh. And like I called and it was terrible. And I just paid for it. And they were like, yeah, send us a copy of the voucher. I sent it. Nothing ever happened. Right. And I think I had another experience like that. And when this was going on, I was like, this is ridiculous. This is getting way too complicated. I feel like I'm getting ripped off. Then there was a thing. I canceled my account and it got activated again on its own without me knowing. And then apparently they were like, oh, yeah, we sent you this email that they were going to activate it unless you opt out to a reactivation. And I was like, what? That sounds so illegal. Like they just started changing people from place to place. It started going downhill, which again... If they started with a company, what did you say? They have 20,000 uh, subscribers and they went to 3 million in less than a year. Yeah. You know, the back office and the call center and the systems are not going to hold up. Every time I, I had to use their customer service twice, once to cancel eventually and once to like dispute the fact that I couldn't have seen a movie. And both times it was it was hilariously bad. They didn't even bother to have like a programmatic form response or something. It just kind of like shot into nowhere. and I never got a response. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's kind of where things started going downhill. I think I left probably in the summer of 2018. Yeah. Literally before starting. I wrote out my annual subscription, which like, yeah, did I get a full year out of it? No. But did I get more than $70 worth of value? Yeah. I think I saw, saw 91 movies using MoviePass, which I think all in with my annual subscription and three months before that. So I saw 90 movies for like $100. It's yeah, incredible. Each. Did you keep track of them in Letterboxd at that time? No, I didn't. And I'm so sad because they would keep track of the movies that you you would watch in the MoviePass app and the app doesn't oh. work anymore. So That's true. I probably saw a lot. I didn't see that many. 
but definitely got more than I more value than what they gave me. It was such a beautiful fever dream. So beautiful. I think looking back, I still can't believe it worked. Same. I remember it was a thrill every week that worked. Yes. Right? It was like, I can't believe this works. I can't, this can't be true. So I, I want to move on to the legacy of MoviePass. But first, the first legacy item is that Alex just sent to the, the Zoom chat a pair of MoviePass joggers you can <laughs> buy on Etsy, which are just a MoviePass debit card as pants i would just say alex for this price you could get five months of movie pass <laughs> so five months of free movies in ex- in exchange for these joggers. i could see 150 movies <laughs> carl could see yeah in exchange for this <laughs> yeah but we'll put incredible. the link to the joggers in the description in case any listeners want to get those and we'll put them on our registry too okay oh yeah on, t- on twitter also yes that can <laughs> be a substitution for adidas tracksuits oh yeah we, we wanted to get matching adidas tracksuits so <laughs> for our honeymoon so, in- <laughs> so instead we're gonna get matching movie pass tracksuits definitely the movie pass tracksuits and i'll be like put it on the card every time we I take we we do anything and <laughs> hand them my movie pass card show your card but then they probably then they'd cut it up That'd be sad. Like that can't let that happen. Yeah. Okay. So the legacy of Movie Pass. The big thing we alluded to is subscription services. Yep. We talked about Cinemark. That was the first one, and then the probably the biggest one is AMC Stops. Did mm-hmm. you? Did any of you ever had it? I one like I was never in a location with enough AMC's that I wanted to that were close by that I wanted to do it, and two like AMC's are kind of the worst experience of the three big ones to me. Every time I use them, so yeah, no, I didn't. But it was that was the one that was kind of the most purely close to movie. Pass, kind of unlimited. Yeah, yeah, I think so. My brother and his wife had MoviePass when they were in Berkeley, and they loved going because I think it was also a little bit. MoviePass didn't include 3D, didn't include IMAX, it didn't include whatever the AMC that they had does include everything. And I think it was something I don't remember if they had the unlimited one that they paid like thirty-five or forty bucks, but maybe a little bit less. But yeah, it sounds like subscriptions, I think it did bring a revolution that going to the movie theaters was never going to be again, pay $17 and there's no way to go around it. Yeah, it brought back a little bit of innovation. It kind of pushed the the movie theaters to do something and they didn't go all the way to a movie pass, but I think they did find more of a, the sweet spot. It's, it's, It's sad to not have a challenger outside of the ecosystem that continues to push, but at least at least they every major chain has one. Does Alamo Drafthouse have something? Or maybe just they they were rolling it out to a wide audience beyond just kind of some local test markets pre-pandemic. So who knows if that will exist post-pandemic? To your point about your brother having Movie Pass and getting to see a lot of stuff, I think that is a cultural legacy here. Is that a lot of people that weren't like insane movie buff see everything people like us started i think taking more time to go to the theater and i know a lot of people that kind of kept that up as a hobby in a way that they didn't have that before movie pass it was also a fantastic year in movies because that was like the 2017 was like the get out ladybird phantom thread year which was dunkirk like 
incredible movie year and Oscars year. Shape of Water, Aton and I love. Alex is very mixed on. We won't get into it. Aton, for the record, I love Del Toro. And it was so frustrating when Carl was like, oh, I love Shape of Water. Guillermo Del Toro is so cool. And I was like, I love love every single one of his other movies. (laughs) Shape of Water just didn't work for me. There is something about that movie of me not like. I watched a piece of it the other day, and even the cinematography is great, and the characters are great. It's really good. I just, I think I've said this on the podcast, but like, I just remember everyone in the theater kind of groaning whenever she starts singing, and I'm just like about to stand up and cheer. The dance scene. Yes. Ugh. <laughs> Speaking of the Toro, just Alex, you have to make Carl watch the. The Book of Life before he leaves Knoxville. Pierre okay. Motor is a producer. I haven't seen it either, so we'll get on it. Channing Tatum plays a skeleton man. And Diego Luna. Eitan, you can check on us by looking at Letterboxd, seeing if we actually did it. If you want to do this, let's find some time during the weekend or something and we can use the Disney Plus watch party. And watch it together. Ooh. Normally, this is when we would do an Ask Us Anything question, but we have been going on a long time and had a loopy tangential episode with lots of asking everyone everything thing so i think we're good to call this episode what do you guys think we can't kill the tradition i have one for each of you you can answer in five words okay if you can have an unlimited subscription to something Mm. what would it be we should try to answer for each other oh that's cute so think of your answer i'll think of my answer and then we can try to guess I already thought of mine. Because <laughs> I kind of already have it. Yeah, That's I mean, a big hit. I, I think her answer is she would want some sort of like unlimited fragrance subscription. She loves Nailed perfumes it. and fragrances. Like. But she already subscribes to monthly <laughs> subscription services anyway. So oh. she kind of does. It's not just an unlimited fountain of, of fragrance. But what do you think mine that would is? Be amazing. <laughs> um, hmm. Do you have an idea yet? Not at all. Okay, you have to think of it first, and then I have to guess it. <laughs> Eitan, what would be your answer? I think I would do something around food. Okay. Either something, like, very basic, like, different types of fast food. And then each week is like, oh, you get $50 to spend on McDonald's or Five Guys or In-N-Out. Or mm-hmm. something now that we're traveling that is, like, just different chains that get you get forced to forced to be like oh this week is just this so i get to discover it and for the restaurant it's good because they can acquire people and show that they're good but something around food i think is what i would do that, that's a good peg that's actually like a decent business model hmm. you should go pitch that to uber eats you're gonna spin a startup <laughs> out of the pod why not M- marinate on it and if it's such a good idea cut it before you let it come <laughs> steak in development i'm gonna um winkle boss <laughs> twins you guys and Take the idea and go do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Staking development. Carla, maybe yours would be like kitchen equipment or something. Mm-hmm. I was thinking kitchen mm-hmm. equipment or like collect collectible movie soundtracks on vinyl, which is oh, a very yeah, totally. niche industry. <laughs> I was, for Carl, I would say cocktails, like bar cocktails. I was thinking about that too. Maybe he also... He gets the bar. Maybe also like Apple products in some way. Hmm. If... Like, if every month they sent you an Apple product that 
got like developed but never sent out to market or something like a defunct product you have dis- i would spend so much money on that i got it <laughs> that's my dream subscription service right there getting just like prototypes from the trash bins of, yes, of the exactly. r&d <laughs> hell yeah okay that's that's my dream subscription service <laughs> you do know each other very well we Good do time. Send this to your marriage uh, training person <laughs> to show how in sync you are. Even though Carl doesn't watch sports. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, uh, I think this episode was a touchdown. So, <laughs> a home run. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's not the right. Oh, my God. It does right. <laughs> I, you guys act like I don't know that. <laughs> I was trying to provoke a reaction from you here. Yeah, that's yes, what I would course. say, too, if I were you. <laughs> I know idioms. <laughs> all right. Well, thank all of you for listening. I think the podcast was a three-point shot. <sighs> <sighs> You'll get it one day, Carl. Thank you. Anyway, Alex, thank you so much for thank being you for here. for having me. It was so much fun. I'm glad we got to do Movie Pass uh, with you. Absolutely. Hey, I'm glad you joined too. I'm glad we were able to make this work. Yeah. Thanks for uh, coming into the studio with us. You're welcome. By studio, I mean <laughs> meeting room at the campus of the University of Tennessee that Alex has access to. But hey, <laughs> thanks for letting us use your studio. Go Vols. <laughs> <laughs> and thank all of you for listening. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe and share with your friends. And we will see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.